Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influencer marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. Today we have yet again a very special guest on the show. James Creech, the co-founder and CEO of Paladin Software, an influence marketing platform, all the way from Los Angeles in the States. He joins us to tell us more about how he got into the space and what Paladin Software really is and what everything means in this day and age of COVID-19. Without further ado, here's the episode. James, thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast today. Um, please, can you tell us a bit more about yourself, why you got into influence marketing, and ultimately what led you to be a co-founder of Paladin? Sure. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of Paladin, which is an influencer marketing software company. Uh, I started, originally in my career, I began in ad tech uh, many years ago and was helping brand marketers, so media agencies and, and direct advertisers to promote video content really on YouTube at the, at the dawn of the platform, right? So before yeah. TrueView even existed as an ad unit, we were helping people run viral video campaigns and promote video content on YouTube. And then from there, I went and worked at an MCN. So I, I kind of joke that you spend enough time in Los Angeles, you're going to end up working at an MCN at some point. So in the heyday from around, gosh, I guess this was 2014 to about 2016, I worked for a network called Bent Pixels that was focused okay. on gaming and comedy influencers. And so that was really my first exposure to uh, influencer marketing and working with digital talent. And we were helping them grow their careers and work with brands. And at the time, we did everything by hand, right? Everything from yes. finding the new influencers we wanted to work with to uh, managing the talent, running campaigns, uh, paying influencers. And so out of necessity, we started building some tools for ourselves just to make life a little easier and automate some of the processes. And I would, you know, get together for coffee or meet up with friends at different events and kind of ask them, how are you solving this problem? How are you yeah. tackling these various challenges? Uh, because nothing existed at the time. And the answer largely was uh, similar to what we were doing, building internal tools or trying to tackle it manually, right? Doing everything in spreadsheets and, uh, you know, PowerPoint decks kind of yeah. the old fashioned way. And so that's when it hit me, you know, me and my partners that, you know, there's got to be a better way. And what if we could license some of the software that we had initially built for ourselves mm -hmm. to help others? And so we uh, quit the day jobs and launched Paladin and, and the rest is history. That's amazing. Um, and I definitely remember the days when influencer marketing just started being a thing where we did everything manually. It was such a schlep and such hard work. That's right. Yeah, exactly. We lived the pain firsthand. And that was the best teacher, right? Of saying, yeah. okay, well, we know uh, what to build. We know the target market that we're serving because we've been in that position, right? We've been in those same shoes struggling with that. And so, you know, we're going to listen to the customers and the market and build things that save people time and help them grow their business. 100%. So I suppose you, you already asked, answered the question that I wanted to ask next is, why do you think there was a space for that in 2016? And I suppose it is because everyone was still doing it manually. And I also for, on our side was every kind of agency had their own way of doing it. So nothing was um, standardized as well. I don't know if it was the same in the US. 
Absolutely. Right. It was so new that uh, people were still trying to figure out what are influencers, how do we work together closely with them? And so, you know, when we started our business, we really focused on catering to the influencer networks and then ultimately influencer agencies. So in a sense, we were preaching to the converted, right? People who already yeah. uh, understood the power of influencers, were working with talent, helping them run campaigns. And so we were just giving them, you know, these great resources to help streamline, automate a lot of their workflow. So they they instantly understood how this was helpful. Uh, but at the same time, there was this kind of movement to build tools for brands, right? Or media agencies and PR agencies and all these people that were kind of new to influencer marketing. And, and this was this was fairly foreign to them. So, uh, you know, we had we focused on the supply side of the value chain just because those were our roots. Uh, that's where we came from. We we had the relationships, and that ended up being uh, the right thing for us was to focus on you know the market part of the market that we already knew well and had uh, existing relationships to start attracting customers. It makes complete sense though to kind of do what you you know, and also like you say, we've struggled. We know what the pains are, so kind of to answer those those pains that people have. But then we look at influence marketing that's always growing and it's always evolving. I think we can all agree on that. Um, do you think that the required skills to use these channels effectively or influence marketing as a channel effectively is growing at the same rate or pace um, than, if, like, than the industry? And then also, is there enough people who are sufficiently skilled to cope with this growth and demand? Yeah, and that has changed significantly over time, right? If you had yeah. asked me that three years ago, I would have said, no way, right? This is such an emerging category that uh, there aren't enough people who are experts in this in this space that are able to handle the demand. Uh, but things have changed significantly over the last, call it 24 months. Uh, there's been so much interest in this field that there have been a lot, you know, a lot more people attracted to it. And I think the other thing is, is it becomes more widespread uh, you know, these younger audiences are growing up on social media. And so yeah. in many cases, you know, the best uh, influencer marketers are those who are native to the platform. We've seen, you know, influencers themselves building agencies. We've seen uh, some of these younger uh, entrepreneurs who grew up in social media uh, are, you know, it's very easy for them. They already speak the language to go ahead and build relationships with influencers and start you know, changing the way that marketers think about this space uh, because, you know, it's so second nature to them. Absolutely. I think it's so crazy. Um, like you say, these kids who grew up on social media, they just have like a sixth sense about it and they just kind of intuitively know what's needed and they just build these amazing brands. It's actually crazy to think of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you think that um, influencer marketing in the U.S. is fundamentally much different than what we see elsewhere in the world? It had started off that way. And I think, you know, as, again, influencer marketing continues to grow and, and the world becomes a smaller place, that everything begins to converge. But yeah, to, mm -hmm. to start off, I mean, the U.S. Uh, has always been a leader in this market. Uh, number one, probably because, you know, the U.S. is so large in terms of population and as a media market, that it was natural for influencer marketing to to kind of be birthed here. Uh, you know, we have a front row seat to that being in Los Angeles because this is the convergence of uh, traditional entertainment. Right, we've got Hollywood, but we also have all of the new media companies uh, mm. and a number of those 
you know, whether they're from the Valley, like YouTube, and then certainly Facebook have now established a large presence down here. And then, you know, LA as an ecosystem has given birth to a lot of, uh, you know, new startups and particularly those in the social space. And that's not just on the platform side when you think about Snapchat, but it, it's also, you know, the influencer networks and the influencer agencies. So, so much of that uh, was birthed out of the US and particularly Los Angeles. And then also, you know, a good amount of activity happening in New York as um, probably one of the, the world's largest ad markets that it was natural for America to be a, to be a leader and be an innovator early on. And so that drove the need for technology solutions that drove the need for uh, more expertise around this emerging category. And then from there, you know, the, the fact that these social platforms are by nature global led to this becoming a worldwide phenomenon virtually overnight, right? So while the yeah. US maybe had a head start, you had, you know, countries and, and, and regions all over the world embracing social media, embracing um you know, influencer marketing. And, and that's reflected in the viewership statistics, right? If you think back mm -hmm. a decade ago, a lot of the traffic for these platforms, like initially Facebook and YouTube was very US centric. And now you look at their audience composition, and it's slowly, slowly been shifting each year to be more and more international. So, you know, YouTube uh, re viewership split was 50-50 for a while, and it was 70-30. Oh, yeah. And now it's 80-20, right? So a, a good volume of viewership still comes out of the US, but most of uh, most of the rest of the world is driving the majority of traffic these days. That's insane. So only 20% of YouTube's traffic comes from US? That's right. Where do all the rest of the people in the US um, kind of have the substitute or um, the equivalent of YouTube then? Oh, no, I, I, what I'm saying is that, you know, YouTube, I'm sure uh, the vast majority of Americans are watching YouTube. But if yeah, you yeah. think of YouTube's global traffic, only 20% of it is coming from you know, uh, the US. Therefore, a lot of it's coming from India. It's coming from emerging markets like, uh, you know, Vietnam, Mexico, Brazil have long been some of the fastest growing YouTube sure. markets. And I'm sure that's similarly reflected in Facebook. Facebook was early to markets like Indonesia and the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, again, as these platforms are so global in nature, uh, their viewership has continued to accelerate all over the world. And so now, you know, they truly are global platforms, even though they are, you know, ostensibly American companies, they have created a, a worldwide uh, network of, of connections and audience. Absolutely. I do love that we live in a global village these days. Like even while we're in a pandemic, you and I are able to communicate with each other from like opposite sides of the world. It's fantastic. That's right. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, what is your opinion then on the hundreds of influencer marketing software platforms that has popped up over the last year or so? I think I saw a stats at the end of last year that there were something like 300 new ones that just popped up in like 12 months. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, right? We've been in this business, you know, six plus years. Yeah. And when we started, right, it was, uh, it was a pretty small ecosystem. And that's continued yeah. and continued to grow, uh, which in, you know, many respects is a good thing that that means that there's a need and that there's, you know, this interest in, in serving agencies and brands for influencer marketing globally. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think like with any new category, there's a bit of a gold rush effect, right? That, that it's so new and exciting and there's opportunity that uh, people come in and, and some of them are people who've been in the business and have a good perspective and viewpoint and add value. And others mm -hmm. are 
you know, entrepreneurs who see an opportunity and, and want to make a quick buck or think they can figure something out. So, you know, like with anything, there are going to be some that go the distance and have a strong foundation. And there's going to be those that you know, maybe do okay and others that don't execute as well or don't have the, um, the underlying expertise and relationships to make it work. But we've certainly seen tremendous growth and e even beyond 12 months, like I'd say the last year and a half, two years, uh, the space has gotten a lot more crowded. And, you know, the, I, I touched on again, that it's great to see that the, the space is growing so quickly. Um, there are some things we have to be cautious about as well, right? Part of it is uh, that, you know, if you think about the talent representation side, it's constantly been murky, right? And that's been an, yep. a challenge, particularly here in, in LA, you see, you know, one talent being repped by multiple people, you've got their manager, you've got, you know, an entertainment lawyer, you've got uh, various agencies and MCNs claiming to represent an influencer. In some cases, all are claiming exclusive representation of that influencer and maybe offering different rates when they go out to pitch a brand and a brand is getting, you know, multiple bids on the same talent. Mm -hmm. It can be quite confusing. So we've long had kind of an issue around, uh, well, how do I, you know, how do I work with this talent and who truly represents them? That's That's been and continues to be a challenge. And then, uh, you know, in addition to that, uh, you know, there are varying levels of competency among agencies and tech partners and everyone else in the ecosystem, as you would expect, right? Some are going to uh, really know their stuff and give you a great experience. And then other brands might come in and they're new to influencer marketing and they're trying out some new service provider and, and hopefully they have a good experience, but, you know, that might not, not always be the case. And, uh, you know, that can be challenging as a result of the fact that the market is becoming a bit crowded and, and confusing at some points. No, absolutely. So to that point, what would you say to brands? What do they look for when they choose a platform to partner with for their influencer campaigns? Sure. So, you know, brands should be very cognizant of what their goals are, right? That's always the starting yeah. point with any marketing initiative is what are we trying to accomplish absolutely. and then working backward from there, right? So some brands have, uh, you know, it, after you have the goal in mind, they have the in-house capabilities to execute against that goal. Others do not, right? It's, many do not. So if you are Correct. Toyota, you make you make vehicles, right? If you are Procter mm -hmm. & Gamble, you make consumer products. Um, and so, you know, they, they lean on their media agency partners for help. And sometimes those agencies can, can run the campaigns or sometimes they're farming out the work to a specialist, right? Like an influencer marketing agency. So... I would, I would say find a trusted guide, especially if you're new to this, who will give you good advice, right? And, and, and if you're starting out, I would solicit uh, bids from multiple providers to help you. And then, you know, make sure that they understand uh, your goals and that there's strong alignment in the incentives for you to work with those influencers. And, you know, if you're, if you're starting out, dedicate some budget to it, not just a small test that's not going to give you enough data to make an impact. You really have to treat this like any new media channel and, uh, you know, really be conscientious about the messaging strategy, the creative, the distribution, right? How it's activated across other channels. So if you're yeah. leveraging paid media to accelerate the influencer campaign, that will always help it. So, you know, thinking comprehensively about how this fits into the other pieces of your marketing strategy. And then ultimately, how are you going to measure this to determine success and, uh, you know, make sure that it's delivering the impact that you're looking for. 
That's absolutely great advice. We also always say, you know, make sure you have someone trusted. Um, maybe they've already got some experience that you can reference back to. And just like you say, have those values um, that's aligned with you. But definitely treat a first or test the campaign very seriously so you can actually see the outcomes properly, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And when it comes to agencies, since that tends to be more of our customer base, right, the folks that we work with, yeah. you know, there's there's really a few different models in influencer marketing. And, it, and it's probably helpful to kind of talk through them a bit. Uh, yeah, you know, the please. first are the marketplaces, right? Those are uh, these matchmaking services that will connect brands directly to influencers, right? Yeah. And there was a whole craze around you know this phenomenon a few years back, uh, particularly around the opportunity to, to activate micro influencers. I don't even think we had a notion of nano influencers at the time. No. It was you know <laughs> let's let's find all of these small influencers and maybe our media budget is better spent. Uh, you know, working with a lot of talent rather than one or two or three yeah. really big tier talent. So the marketplace model connects directly, uh, you know, an influencer and a brand, and they'll take a percentage for running that ad spend, right? The second model uh, in terms of, you know, uh, what we see from a technology standpoint are these tech-enabled agencies, right? Where they're building some software, but at the end of the day, they're really trying to run the campaign for you. And so their model is, you know, while we have software, we're probably, uh, you know, fulfilling the campaign for you and charging you a flat fee or charging you again, some percentage of your overall media spend. Yeah. And then the third model is software as a service, which is, you know, you're the expert run the campaign. We're just providing you tools to help with various aspects of the influencer campaign, whether that's influencer discovery or, um, you know, the reporting piece. And, you know, you just, you subscribe to that service, um, typically on a monthly basis. In some mm -hmm. cases, it might be a campaign, like a project basis. Uh, and that's, that's the model that we've elected, right? So Paladin operates okay. as a, a pure play tech SaaS provider. Uh, but it's helpful to understand those various models and make sure that, again, you are determining your media mix and your strategy to align it with the type of technology provider and or agency service partner that you choose to work with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how can influencer marketing um, assist brands to navigate through the COVID-19 kind of pandemic? We're in the midst of it. We've seen brands obviously have to continue to market. They can't just go silent. Um, obviously, they have to change messaging, be more empathetic. But what is the biggest shift that you've seen in marketing in general since this started? And how can a platform like yours help um, agencies through this? Sure. Yeah, so marketing has been transformed, right, by the, uh, yeah. the, the pandemic that we've been dealing with. And so and as a really result of too. Very much so, right? I think the initial response of brands was to pull back, right, and pause. And, yeah. and that's natural, right? If Absolutely. you are a large advertiser, you plan your, you know, big ad buys out well in advance, right? You're yeah. thinking about, you know, what are the tent poles that we're going to hit each year? Uh, you know, you got the Super Bowl, back to school, the Olympics this year, right? There are all these kind of large events and, and planning cycles that you account for. Yeah. And all of that has been derailed as a result of the crisis. And so, uh, number one is, you know, you pull back on all that creative and reassess, uh, what, you know, what can we do to help our consumers? Uh, what are campaigns going to look like the rest of this year? And I think influencer marketing has emerged as a really valuable channel for reaching your audience at this time. And whether that's communicating, you know, some sort of important 
brand update. Like a lot of brands are pivoting their strategy. Yeah. I've seen automotive companies um, still promoting you know new cars, but they're offering uh, much better financing than they were six months ago, and they're offering. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, reduced payment plans and now the ability to ship your car directly to you. Uh, we've seen a lot of entertainment advertisers promoting shows. And all, of course, all of that is stuff that was, you know, already on the on a subscription service or, you know, had been pre-recorded and scheduled for release. But, you know, we're certainly seeing HBO and Amazon spending a lot more on advertising. Yeah. Uh, you know, direct to consumer brands are doing really well at the moment. Gaming companies are doing really well. So they're spending a lot of time in influencer marketing, but it's, you know, it's emerged as this way to directly reach your consumers at a time when it's virtually impossible to do any sort of traditional production, right? All of Hollywood yeah. is on pause at least through June. Um, and you know, that goes for production companies and traditional ad agencies. I think most things are really just stalled out. Whereas an influencer can ideate, shoot, distribute, promote content from the comfort of their home, right? In, in a sense, they invented that playbook, and now Absolutely. we're seeing that you know that they can still uh, be a viable channel for for brands to work with at this time. Most of you know that Influential is our podcast sponsor, but did you know that my co-host and heads up the agency? And that is the first ever boutique agency in South Africa that specializes in developing strategy for influencer marketing. Anne and the team are experts in the field and they've spent years warning their skills and knowledge about influencer marketing and at some of the country's biggest PR and media agencies. The moment that you think you might want an influencer campaign, make sure to call or email them first because without strategy, you might not have the outcomes that you would like and are looking for. In addition to talking all things influence on this podcast and also puts together the fantastic influential newsletter that comes out every month. And this is another way for you to keep up to date with the industry. The link to latest newsletter is in the show notes. Check it out. And if you like, please subscribe. And contact details are also on there. Let's keep the conversation flowing. Yeah, and I, we've also seen the same happening in South Africa and um, obviously, we're seeing brands spending a lot more on digital marketing and influencer marketing kind of shifting budgets because they know that your consumers are stuck at home and they are spending a lot more time on social media or the Internet than they have ever before. And that's where your consumer is sitting. But from your side, when it comes to influencer marketing, have you seen a shift in that in this last couple of weeks? Has anything changed? Yes, we've certainly seen a sharp increase in viewership, watch time, and engagement on social platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, temporarily, it seems that revenue has been negatively impacted, right? If you look at yeah. uh, you know ad revenues on YouTube and Facebook, they're down. Uh, and yeah. the ad business is seasonal. So some of that is it's hard to truly control and understand, well, what's the direct impact of COVID-19? Uh, CPMs, you know, it depends by market, but they have been depressed, not significantly, right? The bottom hasn't fallen out, but, but CPMs are down. And yeah. uh, what's really been majorly impacted is fill rate. So again, it's just advertisers kind of pulling their spin because either they don't have creative ready or, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to promote right now because their stores are closed. Uh, so there is, you know, a short-term impact, which is unfortunate. Uh, ultimately, you know, if we're able to get back on track, I think that that spend comes back 
you know, in, in significant droves, right? I think we're going to see higher spend as a result if we're able to get people back to work, advertisers are able to be nimble and, and produce creative with influencers in a short period of time. You know, I think that, that the money is just going to increase because what COVID-19 is doing is it's just accelerating trends that were already happening. It's accelerating cord cutting. Uh, there's no live sports to watch anyway. So one of the last things that was keeping people tied to their cable packages is going away. Uh, at the same time, you know, ad buyers were starting to shift more dollars to digital anyway. And this is, you know, just another opportunity to do that in, in a meaningful way, particularly when, you know, you, you aren't going to have sports and other major live events uh, returning to television until much later in the year, if not 2021. So with that, it leaves these budgets and, and this inventory opportunity um, to shift over to digital. And a lot of that's going to happen on social because that's where people are spending their time, right? To your point, now that we're all trapped at home, we're stuck in front of screens, which are, you know, our mobile phones, our TVs, our yeah. laptops. And that's where advertisers are going to look to find their audience. No, absolutely. And we're seeing the same trend in South Africa where um, our form of cable TV is uh, paid for TV. So we've got DSTV where people pay and you've, they've got all the premium sports packages. And the same thing, people have been paying these premium prices just for the sports. And now that that's the way, I think we're also going to see a lot of shift from there. And what COVID-19 is doing and positive in our industry is also that it's kind of putting influencer marketing to the test. And um, I think it will kind of prove to a lot of the naysayers how important or how effective influencer marketing can be. And when we go back to, look, I don't want to say normal because I don't think we'll ever get back to normal, normal. It will be a new normal. But I think we'll see um, a lot of marketers start understanding what digital marketing and influencer marketing could do for them. And that spend will start being shifted. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, when putting together influence marketing strategies from your side for clients, what are the most important questions that they should answer before developing a campaign plan? Sure. So again, I just want to clarify that we never run campaigns on behalf of our customers. We're just a trusted resource to help them. So in yeah. the capacity that we do give them advice or, or um, you know, share strategic guidance with them, uh, that's just, you know, that's just uh, us having been in the industry for a long time and Absolutely. trying to, to offer our two cents. Uh, it's not any part of a formal service. But, you know, we always encourage our customers to uh, start by understanding the brand's objectives, and then yeah. they will either, you know, they'll, they'll typically start by using Paladin to search for new influencers that are a good fit for the campaign, right? So we track yeah. over 31 million influencers globally uh, across YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, uh, TikTok coming soon. So we help them kind of find the right influencers that align with the brand's objectives. And that's across things like audience, uh, how many followers do they have? What's the typical viewership and engagement on their posts? Uh, what are they creating content about? How you know recent have they created content? You know, seeing if they've done past branded campaign work. Uh, one, either to to screen and make sure they're not working with competitors, and two, to yeah. make sure that the other uh, content is high quality and brand safe and everything else. So it starts there with uh, the strategy and the influencer discovery, and then after that, you know, kind of moves to the uh, brand approval stage where a brand will review the creators that the agency has recommended and either provide feedback or sign off and say, hey, these look good. And then from there, you know, contacting the talent to make sure they're available and that the mm -hmm. campaign is a good fit. 
And then once the campaign is live, you know, we tra help track all the content. So yes. uh, everything from Instagram stories to Twitch live streams, YouTube videos, Facebook posts, tweets, uh, Instagram TV, we help people kind of follow all of that content and share the media in real time with the advertiser. So they're no longer, you know, manually building those campaign reports or getting yeah. questions and on nights and weekends, which are things I used to deal with. And now <laughs> I was it's just going to say, I very much remember the days just sitting and manually doing those things. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so glad we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, that's where the tech comes in, right? Where it's able to yeah. reduce the manual work that uh, typically is the heavy lifting on the agency side. And then yeah. also just create a, a layer of transparency that improves uh, the dialogue between brand, agency, and influencer, right? So so yeah. really, you know, that, that had been opaque for a long time, and we're kind of removing those walls, making it more transparent, uh, establishing consistency in the way that, you know, metrics are tracked and, and posts are reported. And then a brand can follow along in real time. They don't have to wait, you know, 30 days to get mm -hmm. the, the ultimate you know, post-mortem of the campaign report, they can see, oh, cool, you know, these posts are live and this is how they're doing. And uh, that tends to be very rewarding for them to see the creative come out and then also to kind of follow along and, and see how impactful the campaign is going and then track, you know, the, the more performance-oriented bottom line results. What is the impact on, you know, purchase intent? And yeah. uh, are we driving conversions? Are we driving sales as a result of this activity? So we aggregate all of the, the content together and then we also report on those metrics um, through to the brand so that they can measure the ultimate success of the campaign. Amazing. So I know you say you guys don't obviously manage the campaigns, as in you don't run it for you, you're the platform. But in your opinion, how um, important is that human team behind the tech for delivering that good result? Oh, it's essential, right? I mean, we can build the best tools in the world, but they're not going to run the campaign for you. At the end no. of the day, uh, you really need a trusted uh, advisor and someone who knows this space well, knows what they're doing to run a successful influencer campaign. And that, you know, can come in-house if you're a brand that has strong, you know, media DNA and expertise. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great. Um, but again, most oftentimes it comes from a really good agency partner that speaks yeah. this language and has the relationships with the influencers and knows what to watch out for. Um, so, you know, that's where the human element is essential, right? And yeah. together with great tools creates a strong partnership, right? You've got someone who, you know, can leverage the technology to find influencers faster, but they're still doing that human review, that qualitative check to make sure that this influencer is aligned with the brand values. And Absolutely. then, you know, when they're contracting the talent, they're, you know, making sure that uh, all of the requirements are in place and that they're following through and the influencer is delivering on time. Uh, you know, all of those things were still require a bit of human touch to make sure that they happen efficiently. We can build checks and reminders into the platform, but ultimately this is a human business. I remind people that, you know, influencers aren't just ad inventory. They are creators. They are these really talented people who, you know, are passionate about the types of content they create and have a really strong connection with their audience. And there's no replacement for that. So much in the same way, brands and agencies need to remember that, um, in order to work with these people really effectively, it does require that level of, of human touch and that human interaction. I'm so glad you said that because sometimes we find clients think they can kind of acquire a piece of tech and even if no one in the company or business or agency knows how to use it, it's fine. They've got the platform. 
And then things bomb out and you're just like, well, you can't blame influencer marketing for this. If no one actually understands the space, you can have the best tools that anyone's ever made. But if you can't use it, you're not going to do it properly. Exactly right. And that was the big challenge, to be candid, with the marketplace model uh, is because people were so attracted to, okay, I can find influencers really easily. I can, you know, pay 30 bucks, 50 bucks to have a really small micro influencer promote my content or maybe I'm giving them free product and they're excited about that. And sure, it'll drive vanity metrics, like you'll get some views and a few engagements, but it's not meaningful influence, right? The, The whole core behind influencer marketing is that you're finding these people that truly do impact the purchase, uh, impact the purchasing decisions of their audience. And so that's a really powerful thing to wield. And they take it very seriously, at least we hope they do, uh, (laughs) because they are, you know, they're able to, you know, find a brand that they believe in, and then forge a strong partnership, right? It's not, it's not, you know, you don't want to promote a product that, you know, is going to be inauthentic or come across your audience as not, you know, you're just cashing a paycheck. You know, you want to promote products that you really believe in, that you would use, that are safe and reliable for your audience. Uh, and that's going to lead to the the longest lasting success in influencer marketing. Yeah. So to that point, you bring up a good point about um, longer lasting relationships. What um, are your views on kind of more ambassadorships or longer campaigns with the same um, influences. Uh, that's a trend that we're seeing starting to pick up. Why do you think that Very is? Very much so. Yeah, it, it, and it's a great thing that we're seeing. So, uh, you know, I think this really is the solution to how you build successful influencer partnerships, you know, long-term. It's, it's, it can't just be a one-off promotion. It has to be this true partnership where mm. the influencer understands, okay, these are the overarching brand objectives. This is how my content fits into the overall strategy. Mm-hmm. And then they can truly be a strategic and creative partner alongside the brand. They're not just, you know, doing a quick shout out to say, hey, you know, this video is brought to you by XYZ or, yeah. you know, thanks for this free product. They are incorporating it into multiple pieces of content. Uh, it just becomes a natural part of what they're doing. Or, you know, it's a it's a brand that, uh, you know, wants to fund some incredible content that an influencer wouldn't otherwise be able to create. So now the influencer and the audience have this huge appreciation to a brand because the funds have allowed them to create this really bespoke, uh, fantastic content that wouldn't exist otherwise. So those types of partnerships are uh, are becoming more and more popular, especially among top tier talent here in the US. And now we're seeing that trend happen abroad. And the other thing we're, hap- we're seeing happen is... Um, a shift to more performance oriented marketing, right? So whereas influencer started off really as uh, you know, top of funnel driving views, watch time engagements, all of which are great and have an earned media value to a brand in terms of driving awareness uh, and other, some of the, you know, those top of funnel metrics, we're yeah. really seeing influencers and brands getting more aligned on, okay, what are the results? How are we driving, you know, further down the funnel performance, things like, you know, product sales, app installs, uh, purchase intent, some of the things that are really meaningful to to a brand. I absolutely love that. And and I just love that some influencers and most of them, the very serious ones have become like little entrepreneurs who really want to be involved in the strategy and the creative and just kind of building on that and getting like amazing work if you get, just give them the chance, you know? 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. the only way for it to to truly be successful is, you know, not just view the influencer as someone with x million followers that we're going to activate and it's a it's a shortcut to get to yeah. this new distribution channel. You know, these are your your creative strategies. Talk about speaking the language. These people live and breathe this every day. They know their audience better than anyone. If oh, you want anyone. to find a message that's going to resonate, you need to work closely with the influencers to understand what that is. Absolutely agree with you. So James, please um, give our listeners your top three reasons why influence marketing is more important now than ever. Sure. Well, number one, you know, the overarching principle is that it works, right? More than anything <laughs> yeah. else, as we've seen, you know, measurements of uh, of some of those key performance indicators. Influencer marketing outperforms traditional advertising like TV and out of home print, right? And it's also uh, outperforming a lot of the digital ad formats. So yeah. that's always the number one reason to use something is, you know, measure the effectiveness, compare it against uh, alternatives. And influencer marketing continues to demonstrate that it's a successful channel. So that's number one. Uh, you, the question, why is it more important now than ever? You know, I think as we touched on, influencers can produce that content anywhere. Uh, yeah. And while traditional entertainment uh, or traditional production companies are out of work, uh, you've got influencers as the number one way to create engaging marketing content quickly, affordably, and reach your audience at a time when that's incredibly difficult to do so. Uh, but you know, influencers have a direct line to where they are spending that time, which is on their phones, on these social platforms. And so, you know, again, I, I would say it's, it just comes down to in the current environment, the logistical uh, means are really aligned with the influencer model. And then lastly, I'd say, you know, it's just where the audience is shifting, right? So as younger audiences embrace digital, you know, they're not watching uh, traditional entertainment, right? They're not subscribing to newspapers. They're not watching yeah. TV. I hate to break it to you, but they are on TikTok <laughs> and, and Instagram and YouTube. And so that's where uh, the advertiser budgets are going, right? They're going to follow the mm -hmm. audience. Uh, and these platforms are aging up as older audiences grow up alongside it, right? It was, it's not just that, you know, yeah. grandparents and parents are learning about these social platforms from their kids. Now, in many cases, these platforms have been around that you grew up on them. And now, you know, the, the next generation is is coming onto these platforms. So it's just a fixture. It's it's part of our way of life at this point. Absolutely. And then, Shame James, we are at the end of our chats. It was amazing. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. No, absolutely. And I think everyone have learned a, a thing or two today. Lots of wisdom, pills of wisdom here. So thank you. But um, where can listeners find your podcast? And also, where do they find you online and on social media? Yes, thank you. Uh, so yes, I do also host a podcast. Uh, I started it, gosh, about five years ago, uh, really just because I was fortunate to have conversations like this with smart people all over the world in the course of you know what we do at Paladin. I was sitting down with entrepreneurs and innovators in the influencer marketing space globally, and I wanted to share those different perspectives and learn from them. And uh, so I started started the podcast All Things Video, which has you know over that time now grown, and I sit down with you know leaders in gaming and technology and many different fields, so we can kind of pick apart the lessons and, and strategies that they've applied along the journey. So uh, you can find All Things Video anywhere uh, where podcasts are downloaded: Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. 
Um, and then you can find out more about me on LinkedIn. I uh, love the platform, always connect with people there, um, yeah. share a lot of updates about the work that we're doing at Paladin, and, and of course, share uh, new episodes of the podcast on LinkedIn. And then if you're interested to learn more about Paladin and our influencer marketing tools, you can find us at paladinsoftware.com. Amazing. James, you were a fantastic guest. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Anne. Luck. This was terrific. And this I'll give one more shout out to... Uh, to our conversation, I had you on All Things Video uh, yes. just uh, yeah, just before this, and it was another great conversation. So for those looking to learn more about uh, your background and the amazing work that you do at Influential and your perspective on the influencer marketing space, I encourage them to check that out. Oh, thank you, James. I really appreciate that. We had so much fun. And then again today, we're going to have to do That's this again. Right. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. James, all the way from LA, I hope that you have a fantastic day and just keep uh, staying home and fighting the good fight, eh? That's right. <laughs> Hang in there and, <laughs> and be well and uh, we'll all get through this together. We will, definitely. Thank you, James. Thanks, Anne. Bye.